RDTDaily.com presents a Tara Buster with comedian Tara Devlin. What's up? Man, that sounds loud. Hey, my name is Tara Devlin. You guys are the producers, so you'll let me know if that sounds too loud in your ears. This is Tara Buster, unapologetic liberal talk on the right side of history, decency, dignity, democracy, and humanity. And damn it, we need... That, that should really be um, the rallying cry, right? If it's not from those places, decency, dignity, democracy, humanity, maybe we shouldn't be pursuing it. All right. But I guess they would twist it and say that they're uh, like like the billionaires in space. They think that they're doing us all a favor by jerking off in space. So because they want us all to go fly to space one person at a time to see the big blue marble and then we'll all realize we're connected and then Jeff Bezos will start paying living wages. I don't know. I guess we'll all be stepping into uh, the I don't know, stepping off the mortal coil before that happens. All right. Um what else is going on? Yeah, whatever. I don't even feel like doing any plugs, but I have to. So, um this is Tara Buster. We're on Progressive Voices, SoundCloud, out, iTunes, Stitcher. Please give the show a good review on iTunes on yeah, iTunes and also if you can become a patron. Hold on. I just drank some ginger ale. <laughs> so, um, and I don't have one of those buttons. Because actually my stomach is a little, I feel a little queasy. I'm not, I don't know. I hope I'm not getting sick. <sighs> or have Omicron. Probably not. But I just feel a little, I feel a little, maybe it's tired. I don't know. I'm going to the doctor soon. So I need a checkup. Uh, what's wrong with me? Maybe it's everything. Maybe it's the pandemic. I think a lot of it is mental, too. But maybe then I think maybe that's mental. Thinking it's mental. <laughs> so I need to find out what's going on with, uh, you know, under the hood. Because when, when um, I think it's the pandemic and being so isolated a lot. And I start, it's too much, too much thinking about um you know, this is it. <laughs> All right, guys. Sorry. Whatever. I'm just sharing. Um, I'll let you know what happens. I'm going to, I'm going to the doctor. I need to go to like, I need to get like a whole workup because I haven't had one in many years. So maybe I'm dying. If that happens, oh, well, I won't be bothering you for patronage anymore. And um, let's not go there. Okay. Um, and then I'll, at least I'll be, <sighs> I don't know. It's so depressing, isn't it? <laughs> Living in this country with uh, so much possibility and constantly having it snatched away. So we'll talk about tonight. Well, now it's only a couple of days before Christmas. And um, the reason we're doing the show tonight, this will be the only show this week. And I apologize. Usually we do tw at least two shows. I've been doing two shows for a while. And um, so Saturday's Christmas, and so there won't be a show. So this will be the show that Progressive Voices will play on Sunday. I apologize, but, you know, this is how it is. And um, what else? Oh, yeah. Um, whatever. It'll all come to me as we're doing the show. And thank you 
right, right out of the gate. Thank you, Jim, for your super chat. And that's uh, the practical needs of the show. And you are always putting your, the cover charge on the table, and I really appreciate it. And um, thanks to you and, and others who support the show. We'll keep going and growing, and thanks for, for keeping the show going, okay? So it's a couple of days before Christmas, and more importantly, it's um, four days. Wait, wait, wait. Four. Yeah, it's four days before my birthday, the 27th of December. So if you felt like becoming a patron, maybe now would be a good time. All right. Patreon.com slash Tara Devlin. I'm not even drinking coffee tonight. That's why. Because my... That's how bad my stomach feels. And I'm going to open the phones. So I hope that if you feel like calling in and sharing about what you think, what you feel, do you feel mental? Do you feel like... Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> what time is Tara Buster going to be on YouTube this Sunday, the 26th? No... No, 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 no. Not at all. It won't be on YouTube on Sunday, my friend. All right. So, uh, as an originalist, I celebrate Sat Saturnalia, even though I can barely pronounce it. And um, I, you know, you guys know I'm a, I'm a history buff, and I find it, I, I really do find it fascinating and enlightening to connect the dots through history and to see how the gods or the well the gods of one religion become the the devils of the next religion and how how cultures adopt the um you know they cultures change and adopt the their gods and holidays and that's what saturnalia is that's what christmas is christmas the origins of christmas can be traced back thousands of years to the the roman festival of saturnalia which started out as one day i mean it must have been real fun whenever i read about saturnalia it just seems like an amazing it's and it's also a testament to the human condition in, in all of the in all of our hypocrisy and um for example the well for the founding fathers <laughs> writing all men are created equal while owning slaves and of course not thinking women were anything but um on par with the couches and the whatever furniture you might you might have shipped over but all right let's uh <laughs> Let me gather my breath here. I want to read this article. Let's talk about Saturnalia a little bit. And the other thing, I, so I'm going to open the phones. Let me see. Let me get that up there. And we will, you can talk about whatever you want to talk about and talk about, you know, nothing. Talk about politics. Um, we want to, but a lot of things happened this week. Joe Manchin gave us a Christmas gift of Fuck you. And th this is why I have a knot in my stomach. I've had one since zygote. And because the only... 
Joe Manchin, it was leaked. It's th- that he said that people would use their um, uh, the freedom that we we don't enjoy, but the freedom of um, family leave, the possibility of family leave, and um, the expanded social safety net. We would use that to buy drugs and go on hunting trips. Now, I know that we have to walk this fine line with this fucker, with Joe Manchin. He's the only reason we have a majority in the House, and it's a slim majority. And frankly, I have to say, I'm, t- I'm really sick of the corporate media. I hope everybody else gets there. <laughs> they are the problem. The reason we're in this boat, them normalizing Twitter and allow it's like different rules for for republicans and democrats republicans can be the perpetually immature anti-democratic greed-centered ghosts of the gilded age who don't give a crap about the american people and wouldn't do anything to pass legislation to help the american people and do nothing but funnel money into the hands of the rich and destroy democracy and make sure that functioning democracy is as quaint as uh, the Geneva Conventions, right? But, hold on a second. Anyway, but the fact that Joe Manchin can say these things now, I know it was leaked, and but that's how he feels because he's saying it behind closed doors with his colleagues, and I don't think he expected it to be leaked that um, uh, you know, his disdain for the, his constituents. Now, they never talk about how the ill-gotten gains of the undeserving rich who who don't work. I mean, we could, I could Google right now. I remember recently, not too long ago, there was some asshole, some billionaire's kid on a plane having a meltdown. Do you remember the story? And he was saying, don't you know who I am? You know, because he's rich and we are there to serve him. And But this is the world, not only... <laughs> We've, we have created this world. We've allowed it to... We've allowed them to cultivate it. So... Let me see. Hold on. Joe Manchin. It's working people. Hold on. Drugs. Mm-mm-mm. But... Clearly, um, what's his name? Mitch McConnell is courting Joe Manchin. I have a feeling he's going to he's going to probably announce after the new year that he's going to go um, switch Republican. I have a feeling he, he's going to do that, um, but I might be wrong. And um, I also because the other side of the coin there is that he's not a Trump Republican. So where does he fit in that world? He is a Republican. Only a Republican speaks like that. Uh, it's really baffling to me why he's a Democrat. Does anybody know? Because he, what, he's not as fascistic or something? I don't know. 
he certainly <clears throat> hates working people, but I guess that's a trait that's not completely exclusive to the Republican Party, unfortunately. Given Nancy Pelosi's most re recent statement, how um, she thinks that members of Congress should be free to day trade on, oh, well, well, you, how, you know, she didn't outright say on inside information. She couldn't say that. But what else are you trading on? You're writing laws. You're creating the legislation. You're making the ground rules for this so-called free market. And you're, you're, you're uh, selling and buying low and selling high based on that criteria, right? Hold on. I'm trying to find the phone number. <laughs> It's my show. Why, why don't I know this phone number? Where the hell is it? Oh, it's because it's just me, guys. That's why I, I really do ask you guys to become, well, if you can, become a patron. So, I don't know. Maybe I can get some sleep. But has, is anybody else as offended as, well, of course, we're all offended with, Joe Biden and, uh, well, Joe Manchin, I should say, his um, disdain for the working class. And the fact that he can say that goes to show that they don't fear the working class. And that's how broken this country is and the government is. The government is an appendage of the affairs of millionaires and billionaires. That's it. We're nothing but expendable pawns. The American people are rising up. We're we're, we're sick of it, but we still don't have the power thanks to the gerrymandering and the rigging and the money in politics, the Supreme Court, the, the concentrated power and, and wealth. That's what the Supreme Court does, and especially now. And all day, um, yet, yet again, you know, as I was watching corporate media, the mixed messages are coming through about the, of course, because January 6th, it's the anniversary coming up of January 6th, the attack on the Capitol. And we still, um, where's all, uh, where are the big players? Of course, Merrick Garland is doing nothing, it's so, so it seems. And it does feel like the urgencies of, uh, of the moment is not there. And because... Then we get the mixed messages of, will Joe Biden be able to convince, um, for example, Republicans to, you know, take the shot? So because COVID, the, the, um, the way Joe Biden handles COVID, if he gets the, the pandemic under control, this is, um, well, that will say how his presidency will develop. Will it succeed or not? And the, wait, hold on, fuck. I have, something's wrong with my Skype. Hold on, sorry guys, this is why, I know. It'll be all right. Don't worry, everybody stick around. Stick around. I swear, it gets better. That's what they told me when I first went to meetings. But it does. They were they were right. All right. Sorry. Let's let me read the Saturnalia thing because 
That's how I started. And then we'll get to Joe Manchin and we'll talk about Kyle Rittenhouse, the rock star, and others, and anything else that comes to mind. So, okay. Anyway, here's a story. I find this interesting. Maybe you do, too. The middle of winter has long been a time of celebration around the world. Centuries before the arrival of the man called Jesus, early Europeans celebrated light and birth in the darkest of days of winter. Many people rejoiced during the winter solstice while the worst of the winter was behind them and they, they could look forward to longer days and extended hours of sunlight. In Rome, where winters were not as harsh as those in the far north, Saturnalia, a holiday to honor Saturn, the god of agri agriculture, was celebrated. What is Saturnalia? Saturnalia, the most popular holiday on the ancient Roman calendar, derived from older farming-related rituals of midwinter and the winter solstice, especially um, the practice of offering gifts or sacrifices to the gods during the winter sowing season. The pagan celebration of Saturn, the Roman god of agriculture and time, began as a single day, but in the late Republic, that's 133 to 31 BC, it had expanded to a week-long festival beginning on December 17th. On the Julian calendar, which the Romans used at the time, the winter solstice fell on December 25th. And that's why the, the later Christians adopted that day. Excuse me. All right. During Saturnalia, work and business came to a halt. Schools and courts of law closed and the normal social patterns were suspended. People decorated their homes with wreaths and other greenery. And uh, where else? And shed their tradition, traditional togas in favor of colorful clothes. Gifts were exchanged. Slaves did not have to work during Saturnalia, but were allowed to participate in the festivities. In some cases, they even sat at the head of the table and the masters served them. Instead of working, Romans spent Saturnalia gambling, singing, playing music, feasting, socializing, and giving each other's other gifts. Wax taper candles called cirri were commonly um, were common gifts. And uh, you know, light, giving light to others. That's really what that's about. On the last day of Saturnalia, known as the Sigliaria, many Romans gave their friends and loved ones small terracotta figurines which uh, may have referred back to older celebrations. <clears throat> Would Christianity have spread without the Romans? With Christians hiding in the catacombs and the Apostle Paul quietly spreading the word of Christ in homes and secret locations, Roman Emperors Constantine and Licinius in February of 313 18, I mean AD, issued the Edict of Milan, a proclamation that permanently established religious toleration for Christianity within the Roman Empire. And then we could arguably trace um, the decline and fall of Western civilization. I don't know. I'm a little biased. My mother was a nun. I, I don't know. It's close to home. 
Constantine died in 337 and apparently converted to Christianity on his deathbed without completely understanding the meaning of his new religion. Well, he did it because he was trying to win a battle and he put the symbol of Christ on the shields and then they won and he, and he said, um, yeah, okay, I'm a man of my word, so he converted. But still, you know, the old pagan tradition. In fact, it must have been really interesting at the time, living in living at that time with Christianity because there were um, multi-religious households. Um, people were still practicing pagan the pagan religion and uh, competing with uh, Christianity. It must have been pretty interesting. Anyway, it was his mother who introduced him to her understanding of Christianity and changed the day of worship to Sunday. How Saturnalia led to Christmas. The Christian holiday of Christmas especially owes many of its traditions to the ancient Roman festival, including the time of year it's celebrated. The Bible does not give a date for Jesus' birth. In fact, some theologians have concluded it was probably he was probably born in spring. So, there you go. We're all a bunch of freaking bullshitters, right? By holding Christmas at the same time as the traditional winter solstice festivals, Roman Catholic Church increased the chances that Christians uh, and Christmas would be popularly embraced, but gave up the ability to dictate how it was celebrated. In the early years, Easter was the main holiday. The birth of Jesus was not celebrated. In the 4th century, the Roman Catholic Church decided to institute the birth of Jesus as a holiday. Unfortunately, the Bible doesn't mention the date of his birth, so they took it from Saturnalia. <laughs> and they, you know, whatever. It's all the same old pagan traditions, really. On Christmas, most, most believers attended church, then celebrated raucously in a drunken, carnival-like atmosphere. Each year, a beggar or student would be crowned the Lord of Misrule. Now, this is the tradition in Scandinavia that they're talking about. And it sounds a lot like Saturnalia, because they would have the Lord of Misrule or, the, or a prankster, and they would, be, they would wear a, a red cap like, you know, like Santa. And eager celebrants played the part of his subjects. The poor would go to houses of the rich and demand their best food and drink. Sounds good to me. <laughs> It reminds me of the French Revolution because I, I remember um, I watched the great courses of uh, the French Revolution, which is an, an amazing, an amazing period in history, of course. And uh, it just I remember one of the stories the professor told about how the people would run. They were in um, in a frenzy, you know, after toppling the aristocracy and they were going from mansion to mansion and uh stripping the mansions of their of their worldly goods and they would leave receipts <laughs> saying thank you from the people of france so hey you know something's got to give sometime right at least they left receipts when it was the other way around, there were no receipts, no, not even an apology. But that's, a, that's the way working people are. 
If owners failed to comply, their visitors would most likely terrorize them with mischief. Christmas became a time of year when the upper classes would repay their real or imagined debt to society by entertaining less fortunate citizens. All right. That's interesting. Whatever. Of course, we in the early 17th century, and a wave of religious reform changed the way the Roman Catholic Mass was celebrated in Protestant Reformation Europe. And uh, Oliver Cromwell tried to outlaw Christmas. Could you imagine? All right, let's get back to politics. Whatever. That's interesting to me. Maybe not to you. But what, what are you going to do? And hi, where is Mark? Uh, Mark is in the room. Mark is in the house. Mark Middlestad, our millennial correspondent, is in the chat room. If you're on any other platform, come on over to youtube.com slash C for channel slash Tara Buster <clears throat> and hang out with the cool kids in the chat room like Errol and Mark and Eve and Jim and Terry and who else is here? Oh, yes. River and Jim and Winston. Nice to see you. It's really nice to see you guys right before the holiday. You keep me going. Holiday or not, you keep me going. And I, I don't, I'm not just saying that. Maybe one day, when we all get together at the, at the Horn Inn, you know, Robin Kincaid is, ho is hosting a Horn Inn over the summer. And it's going to be fun. I'm going to be there. I'll find out more about it and give the links and all. So, all righty. So, all right, let's, what do you want to talk about? <sighs> There's so many things to talk about because it never stops. All right. Low-income people would use money on drugs and sick time to go hunting, Manchin says in a report. Well, allegedly. This is from WTRF, something at West Virginia local station. According to a report by the Huffington Post, West Virginia Senator Joe Manchin allegedly told co-workers in the Senate that low-income people would waste money on, on uh, the Build Back Better plan. In the report, Manchin reportedly told people that parents who received the $300 per child credit would spend the money on drugs. I mean, is that psychological projection or what? Of course it is. These people... They accuse others of the very thing for which they are guilty. That's what he does. That's what he would do. That's what his daughter does. They don't give spend the money on drugs. All they give a shit is about. Well, of course we spend it on drugs. We spend it. We we uh, pay the most for prescription drugs of any country on earth. It's the insults upon injury never stop. That's why. That, you know, how much longer are we going to take it? I always ask that. How much longer? I've been asking this for years. How much longer? For a while there, I thought Bernie Sanders might have had a shot to become the nominee of the Democratic Party. And I was hopeful that we could take over. The Democratic Party. I mean, uh, time. It's going to take time. I'm not. A, I'm not abandoning the Democratic Party. I know others are, but 
because I don't feel like at this time it's sort of like they're the only weapon in our arsenal. That's the that's what we got. We got to work with, you know, you go to war with the army you have as that uh, war criminal said, Rumsfeld, not the army you want. So we're going, we're fighting fascism with the, with the party we have, not the one we need or want. It's really, it it does make you want to get the hell out of here, though. It makes me, it it makes me insane. On one hand, listening to um, the Democrats, like like Nancy Pelosi, talk about how. The 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 uh, Republicans are, you know, a dangerous cabal of uh, cultists. She said that uh, right before she says, oh, please take back your party because, you know, Americans need such a great Republican party. It's done so much for America. I don't know what they've done. Well, I guess if you're sitting in the ivory tower, it feels like they've done a lot for America because they made it possible for Nancy Pelosi to be in the top tax bracket, not have to worry about, you know, she's got it good. But, um, yeah, there's a big problem here. When the representatives of the people hate the American people, that's how much you hate the American people. Of course they do. So we have one party, the Republican Party, that hates half of the American people. Then you have the Democratic Party that hates, what, uh, two, one-third, maybe, of the American people? So wh- where where do we fit in? All the while, remember, this didn't happen overnight. For years, the, the um, both parties, both sides of the aisle, been whittling away at the pillars of democracy— making the American working class the more malleable working poor. All the while, you know, they've been, Nancy Pelosi, Joe Biden, they've all been voting for this stuff. So it's hard, I, I think, it's hard for people who were, are in this, you're so close to the picture, you, ha- you don't have perspective. And all of the, the, the statistics that we talk about on this show, You know, it's not just numbers to us. We are living these statistics. We're the goddamn statistics. Living check to check. Can't save $400. Not going to the doctor. Right? I mean, that's the thing. I haven't been feeling well. I don't know if I've told you. I've been feeling... I don't know. So that's why I think, like, is it in my head? Because I started not feeling well. And then um, I thought it's in my head and it just got worse. You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm just wondering if it's psychosomatic or not. And the stress of it is, is making it worse because I'm, I'm, I'm afraid. Something is wrong. What, what am I going to do? You know, we're going to, uh, well, we'll cross that bridge when we get there, if we get there, but... <sighs> But I live here. You know what I mean? This is why we postpone going to the doctor and taking basic care. Well, besides the pandemic, it's also the finance. 
Who can afford to get fucking sick? And you don't work, you don't get paid. We don't have sick leave. Like every other country. That's why I like to know with this Joe friggin' mansion asshole. What, what does he think about the rest of the world? What is wrong with... What's wrong with us? What, is, uh, are the American people such a, a special kind of stupid lazy that they have to be constantly beaten down when as the rest of the world can maybe take a fucking vacation? Is that it? That's how much they hate the American people. That they think. You know, $300. That, so, you know, um, why don't we drug test these fuckers? Like Joe Manchin. Who the... Why not? You know, how do I know he's not spending his cushy Sally salary on drugs? Clearly, he might not be thinking well because he told the president, apparently, as everybody's attested, that he was going to support the president's bill. And that's why the president went out and talked about it and said, yes, we have the votes. And he assured the progressive caucus that the votes were that we all had the votes. And then Joe Manchin said, fuck you. You know, and he basically showed his cards. He's all along. It's like Kristen Cinema. These two clowns will be the death of us. The death of the American experiment. This is what we're up against, guys. It's, and that's why I believe at this point that Joe Manchin is not, I mean, fuck Build Back Better at this point. We have to get voting rights through because then we can get what we can get what we want what need what is it's not about want either let me just rephrase that a little bit it's about it's the patriotic imperative of <laughs> of cultivating a functioning democratic republic that's what we're talking about and that's how it has to be framed and yeah, all of the moral arguments are true. Yes, it's fair. It's right. It's decent. And it's, it's just, it's moral. But it's also a patriotic imperative because without it, we don't have democracy. We have an oligarchy and the people are going, uh, the, the democracy itself, the further, the people are getting further and further away from their government. It's our government. Oh, wait a minute. I was, I was looking for this tweet. I stumbled upon this guy's tweet. Here it is. Let me show you. This guy, he's a podcaster, but, you know, I'm sure he's got, like, zillions of patrons. <laughs> He doesn't have to say, please become a patron. Where the fuck is my ecam? I'm losing it. Jesse Kelly. Who is Jesse Kelly? I, I don't know who he is. He, let me look him up so I can explain. I had him over here. Wait. 
There we go. He is a... Come on, motherfucker. Host of I'm Right on the 1st. I'm Right? I'm Right on the 1st. Is that the name of a show? Host of the nationally syndicated Jesse Kelly show. Anti-communist. Oh, wonderful. Community college credits? What does that mean? Oh, so he's anti-communist, but he has some credits from community college? That sounds pretty goddamn commie to me. But this is what he tweets. And, and, and just file this in the example of um, in every Republican chest beats the heart of fascism. They don't know. They don't, they're so fascist, they don't even realize it. And now they're not, they don't even feel like they have to hide it. Just look, the left calls you fascist because as you've probably been noticing, that word is catching on. Not just me, pundits on corporate media are using it and good. They need to. The left calls you fascist because the left fears fascism. Yeah, bitch. Not fear. We we don't want it. It's a vile, filthy, murderous, disgusting ideology of incels, losers, and maniacs. And their admirers. Sadly, the monstrous fascist dictators... Listen to this. I'm not kidding, guys. This is, this guy, this is his quote. Sadly... Oh, isn't it a sad thing? The most monstrous fascist dictators were mostly historical, were, were the most historically successful at stopping communism. Wow. I wish it wasn't so, and I worry about what that means. Oh, does that mean that you're reluctantly a fascist? The reluctant fascist. That's what you're your podcast should be called, right? Know what the left doesn't fear? Conservatism. They hate it because it's the opposite of leftism. No, I, I hate it because it's like having a fissured hemorrhoid in a, in a democracy. Like, democracy is like taking a dump. Conservatism is the fissured hemorrhoid. Excuse me. I know that's a gross um, analogy for a lady especially on Saturnalia. I apologize. They hate it because it's the opposite of leftism, but they don't fear it because they don't know conservatism can't, cannot defeat leftism. Again, I wish it wasn't so. I mean, this is he's a real deep thinker. This is what, what, cate- what, is, what qualifies as um, deep thinking um, punditry. He's a real, he's like uh, William F. Buckley in that sense. Conservatism is the opposite of leftism, but it cannot defy, defeat leftism. This is still him, okay? Um, because there is not laissez-faire way to defeat communism. It must be aggressively purged or it festers and spreads like any infection. I'm an anti-communist. So all of that to say you're an anti, anti-communist, meaning you're sadly an, a reluctant fascist who got some community college credits because they're, they're dumb, guys. They 
are confused about what this democracy thingy is all about and what we're, what we're doing here. They, and that's why it's so important for us to, to spread the word, <laughs> to spread the good news about um, a constitutionally limited democratic republic. That it requires a functioning middle class, an economically vibrant middle class majority. That's why we have a patriotic imperative to educate people, ensure that community colleges are free. So we have an educated populace that can participate in civic life, like adults, not like fascists. Not like filthy fascists who have to put on a uniform and say, I'm a proud prick and go beat somebody up because somebody doesn't want to fuck them. Oh, I hate them. Excuse my language on Saturnalia and everything. God. I'm really going. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. That's, I mean, it's frightening, guys. It really is. Because are we, what do we do? What do, I guess we'll cross that bridge. I don't want to talk about it right now, I guess. Because if the Republicans win in the midterms, we're done. We, the country's over. They will, forget legislative constipation, they're destroying democracy. It's over. And if Joe Biden, see, Joe Biden and the Democrats, they have to pass voting protections, federal voting protections, to nullify all of the Republican dirty tricks from sea to shining sea so we can have a chance of saving this grand experiment. No pressure. All right, guys, thanks for hanging out. My name is Tara Devlin. In case you're new, if you're not new, whatever. All right, I have the phones open. Nobody wants to call. If you want to call, please do. The phones are open. If you don't, I can't. What can you do? I'm not going to get mad at you. I mean, to your face, at least. It doesn't matter. Oh, uh, remember, Mark posted that everyone should join Shaping Progress on Discord and find the upcoming episodes with times and details on the event page. Okay, I'm going to be joining that. Right in a minute. So, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Unbelievable. Where is everybody? Where are you? Okay. What's going on in the chat? Hi, River. The Shaping Progress Show podcast debut is on January 5th. Mark writes, we will be discussing the insurrection almost a year later. That's great. It's a great topic. And perfect timing, that's for sure. Mark Shape in Progress. Winston Smith says, Mansion illuminates what the center is. The center is willing to let children in poverty starve. That's it. There's no, um, there's no humanity 
I just saw this article, a Republican signed this life, and of course it's an anti-abortion thing, anti-abortion life, that they have to save the life of um, a, of a fetus if it was an attempted abortion went wrong, like this nightmare scenario. Like, as if women are just like, eh, fuck it. Get this thing out of me. Eh. What is... Man, Eva. They... Not all... The, do you see how much they hate us? Yeah, Ohio governor signs an abortion bill into law. Where is this? Yeah, Ohio Republican governor Mark DeWine on Wednesday signed a bill into law requiring doctors to try to preserve the life in rare cases that a baby is born alive following an attempted abortion or face criminal... Like, who fucking wouldn't? And everything that they rail about is bullshit. Like, this whole... Remember the partial birth abortion... Republicans would always talk about part that was that's not even a thing. Partial birth abortion, as if it, it's just um, a procedure in very very rare cases. With that, for example, the baby is is dead, you know, long into the pregnancy, which happened to a friend of mine, and it was a tragedy, uh, a trauma. Could you imagine, then, having a filthy Republican stick his Republican nose in your doctor's office and tell you, you know what, before you can do this, we're going to rape you with this unnecessary in, um, internal ultrasound, which is one of the requirements. That's, that's called rape by instrumentation. You want a, an abortion? Uh, first, we, you need an unnecessary medical procedure. But where you are, if something is inserted into your vagina, not, not medically necessary, but it's politically necessary to rape you in your doctor's office and then explain to you that the baby is a baby. It's not, it's uh, got a heartbeat. And, uh, but until it's born... It's the most precious little thing ever. It's the precious little, the most precious life. But once it's born, we don't want to get on drugs, bitch, or go on hunting trips. That lazy bastard doesn't need a day off to go to the doctor. Fuck it. Maybe he wants to take drugs. Who doesn't want to take drugs in this fucked up country? Can I ask? We, everybody's on drugs. <laughs> Either you're on, uh, they want us on drugs, you know? They, they uh, addicted half the goddamn country, this goddamn Sackler family, and they're still walking around. I mean, when does it end? When does the corruption end? And to quote, uh, who was it? Teddy Kennedy, right? He said, when... Does the greed stop? How much is enough? Right? 
when will when will it be enough because the way we're living now is we are the least upwardly mobile we had the widest income gap they are so close to entrenching oligarchy for good that's why they're not letting up guys that's why joe manchin is being courted like i don't even know who the hell it's like it's like sadie hawkins day <laughs> at the at the at the uh bilderbergs <laughs> i don't know and does the greed stop that reminded me remember teddy kennedy institution knows and has voted on a number of times, whether it's over here in the Senate or in the House of Representatives. For 10 years, Republican leadership has refused to let us get a vote on increasing the minimum wage. Let's have no mistake about it, Mr. President. 10 years, the Republican leadership has basically refused to let us get it, even though a majority of the members in this body, a handful of those Republican members, have favored an increase in the minimum wage, but we have been unable to get to the sufficient to break the effective filibuster and deny us uh, the opportunity to vote. Let's see. We'll go to the end. Two dollars and 15 cents over two years. Over two years. Mm. What is the price? We asked the other side. What is the price that you want? from these working men and women. What cost? How much more do we have to give to the private sector and the business? How many billion dollars more are you asking, are you requiring? When does the greed stop? We ask the other side. Mm. That's the question. And that's the issue, Mr. President. Make no mistake about it. They have on the Republican side 70 more amendments. 74, 70 more amendments. We have none. We're prepared to vote now. 70 more amendments. Oh, yes. Oh, we want increase in the minimum wage. We want this. We want that. But silence over there. Or let's have some other kinds of amendments that have virtually nothing to do with this. Do you have such disdain for hardworking Americans that you want to pile all your amendments on this? Why don't you just hold your amendments to other pieces of legislation? By this volume of amendments on just the issue to try and raise the minimum wage, what is it about it that drives you Republicans crazy? What is it? Something. Something. You're going to require us to go in to have a cloture vote next week. I can see that already amendments have already been filed that are going to be related in case we do get cloture to delay this even further. What is the price that the workers have to pay to get an increase? What is it about working men and women that you find so offensive that you won't permit even a vote? denying the Senate of the United States the opportunity to express ourselves. We don't want to hear any more from that side for the rest of this session about 
permitting and not permitting votes in here, when you're denying it on the most simple concept, an increase in the minimum wage, we don't want to hear any more about that. This is filibuster by delay and, and amendments. I've been around here long enough to know it when I see it and smell it. And that's mm. what it looks like. That's what it is. Make no mistake about it. Mm. Make no mistake about it. That brings tears to my eyes. Wow. Really, the same question. That was 2007. When does the greed stop? Can we continue to ask this question? You know, and uh, I'm looking at the chat, and Terry Taylor says, great man, great... Uh, so Terry Taylor says, man, great speech about uh, Ted Kennedy's speech. Hold on a second. And um, it reminds me because I think I told you a friend of mine is I have a friend who's a Republican, right? <laughs> I know her for many years. I met her at work and she's she's a lesbian Republican. And anyway, I worked with her at Court TV back in the day and then Court TV folded. I don't know if you remember, it's back now, but they they went under. And everybody got canned, right? And um, so she was at this, at Court TV for many years and blah, blah, blah. Was devastated by the whole event. But, and had a hard time. I'm not sharing her name. She don't listen to the show. But she had a hard time after Court TV closed. But she was able to have um, unemployment and then... Some, she was able to have COBRA. Something happened, whatever. She had a medical issue. And because of Ted Kennedy, she was able to go see a doctor. Now, COBRA is... It, it sucks. Yes. It's expensive. So, for those who don't know, like, we have some international uh, viewers and, and listeners. COBRA is a... What does it stand for? I forget. COBRA, continuation of health coverage. Okay. <laughs> Makes sense. That's what it stands for. Consolidated Omnibus Budget Reconciliation Act of 1985. Now, that was Ted Kennedy's bill because Ted Kennedy's daughter, I believe, or one of his children had cancer, right? And... Um, they were in and out of the hospital. And, and when he, he told the story that he would meet other f families and people who were in the hospital struggling with bills. And he, re yeah, he said, well, I don't have this problem. I'm rich. I have great health insurance and it doesn't matter either way. Co-pays, co-insurance, deductibles, because I'm filthy rich, right? And... What would a Republican do? They wouldn't even bat an eye. They'd say, yeah, well, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Don't worry. Better luck next life. If little Johnny dies, he goes, he'll, he'll get a mansion in heaven next to Janis Joplin or something. 
But Ted Kennedy took his experience and he tried to expand health care to people. And it, whatever, I don't know, I can't remember the whole story, how it all came to pass. But, of course, when all was said and done, um, the American people were... Uh, afforded the opportunity to buy into health insurance if they lost their job. They would be able to keep paying the um, companies on the company's plan for 18 months. That's it. And But you have to pay the whole thing. And it's fucking expensive. Now, I don't know what it is now, but I remember I was at a job. I, you guys know I do freelance work and you know, I, um, when my situation with health insurance is whenever I would get, see you as a freelancer, you get involved with these companies or whatever they staffing agencies. I don't know what these corporations have done. They have everything so rigged and whatever laws to get around actually having to hire people and, pay living wages. So they have all different kinds of categories. Freelancers, some people are staff, some are freelancers, some uh, some union people, some, you know, gig workers. There's all all um, different pockets, uh, different types of employees working for giant corporations. And they do that's what corporations do to keep, I guess, the numbers of staff off the books. I don't know. I guess they get some kind of tax something they benefit somehow by not having um hiring not having um as many people as they actually have working so you can work somewhere uh, every day go there every day and you're not an employee and then they can just of course say f you whenever they feel like it and that's you know part of the problem i told you the story about one of the corporations I was working for, they took all, so there was a bunch of staff and they, and there were freelancers. They took all the staff into a room one day. This is a big company. It's, uh, A&E, um, I guess I'll call it A&E cause that's what it was. <laughs> Nobody watches the show. Who cares? Right. But, um, they took everybody into a room and said, okay, you're all fired. All the staff, you're fired. And then they said, good news, you're hired as freelancers. So they fired everybody on the spot, and then they rehired them instantaneously as freelancers, and they handed them, uh, each person got a different little envelope. I, I, I was already a freelancer, so it was just upsetting to me. And they had an envelope, and it said, this is your rate. It's not negotiable. So that's it if you work there 20 years and there were people there that had been there 20 years and they were canned one day and they were turned into freelancers that was it somebody i remember one guy saying i have a vacation scheduled in two weeks sorry booby it's not a paid vacation anymore because you're not an employee you're fired but you don't like it then oh well and you know what happened nothing everybody everybody went back to work and they went back to work the next day and they they just accepted it because there's no unity there's no solidarity and there is no union in this country that's why they divided us and conquered us 
they did it for really t to destroy democracy, but that's, that's ultimately an economic strategy. They want to control, you know, money and power. That's really what it's about. And it's not about, you know, whatever. Uh, it's like what that guy is saying uh, about fascism. They don't care. They, they're not affected by government. They, they are the government. So, and then I told you guys, I, I told this story to my friend who is, who is, um, is an American citizen now, but I don't know why. So he came, he, he moved here from France. I always said, what the fuck you want to be move here? What, whatever. But, um, he, when I was telling him this and he said that would never happen in France because what would happen is if they went and they did that to a certain section of the workers, the, everybody would, would walk out. Then they would walk and then the co-workers would walk out. And then the, the people in the driving the trucks would, would stop on the road and so on and so on. This is what what happens there, and routinely you could look it up. There's routine general strikes. There's articles I've I've often encountered of uh, about trucks in France just stopping on the road because every now and then they have to remind the owners, the ruling class, you know, the one percent, who's in charge, who is really in charge here. The fact is, we don't know it here anymore in the United States of serfs and lords because they have divided us. And they divide us along any, anything, of course, but especially along racial lines. Uh, it's heartbreaking. So, it's... Uh, it is... It gives me a sense, somewhat a sense of hope when I hear Joe Biden talking about, oh, I see there's a call. I'm sorry. I'll be there. Oh, Mark, it's my friend. Hold on, Mark. I'll be right there. Actually, let's get Mark in here now. Mark. Are you there, Mark? Hey, Sarah. Hi, honey. Hey, I'm here. Good. Thank you for, Hi. Thank you for uh, <laughs> breaking the ice and... Picking up the phone. No problem. You know? People are shy. Is it your birthday? On December 27th. Oh, okay. Happy, Two days well, after Christmas. Have another show. Well, I mean, I don't know. Okay, Maybe well. we'll see what happens. I don't know what I'm what I'm doing on. I'm probably not doing anything on my birthday. So maybe we'll do a show just to have fun. Have a birthday show. Oh, okay. I don't know. Maybe I'm we not, can organize something. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. That might be nice. When is it? That's Monday, right? Yeah, my birthday is yeah. Monday. And, um... Yeah, maybe if you want to organize. I don't know. Don't no pressure. Get out of here. Yeah, Get out of here. I will. You're funny. I will. You're such a good person. You see what I'm saying? No. That's why I'm. You guys, I'm so grateful that you, I'm grateful for no. the show. I mean, as frustrating as the sh the show is frustrating, I have to admit, it frustrates yeah. me. But what else? Um, but I love it, and I and. I don't, it's not the yeah. show, it's you guys. Do you know what I mean? What the hell would it be if I was just like standing here talking? Yeah. I, I just love. It's, it's the nature of, it's <laughs> the nature of combating fascism, right? right? You, you gotta love it because you right. hate these people, but 
at the same time, it's the community and the right. good work that right. makes it. Yeah. And it is, I mean, it's about, that's what makes me so sad, because really it's about being a human, right? Like, isn't that, aren't, don't we have an obligation to be kind and compassionate and to help each other? It's so, it, it, I don't know. Yes. Yeah. It's heartbreaking. And that, and that's all what leads to anti-fascism, you mm -hmm. know? I mean, it's. I, I was watching, um, I don't, I'm not sure if he's the future mayor of New York. I could be wrong about that. Eric Adams? Eric Adams? Yeah, he's, yeah. he's going to be the mayor. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, did you see, did you see him talk about, uh, about solitary confinement the other day? I didn't, but I, I, I heard, I just saw de Blasio commenting on it, saying, because they had ended solitary confinement as cruel mm -hmm. and unusual punishment in New York. And I think mm -hmm. he's bringing it back, but also... Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. Is he bringing it back? And then I think yeah. I heard de Blasio saying that they were in conversation about some kind of happy medium, but who knows, whatever mm -hmm. that is. It won't matter it, if it, de Blasio's Eric, not there, but go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. No, no. Eric Adams' uh, comment was that um, he was receiving constant letters about it and uh social media posts about it but that uh he had worn a bulletproof vest for 32 years and until everyone had done the same they couldn't say anything to him about it and he also said uh, oh, that uh, the nature of those types of crimes is oh. that you have to remove those people from society if they want to harm other people yeah and then he said you can't just give all of them an iPad and tell them you love them and expect the problem to be oh, over. No. And it's like, what a, what a characterization. Wow. At the real, you know. Yeah. yeah. This is, yeah, yeah, that's a problem. And I didn't know that. I didn't, uh, I'm yeah, looking at it now. That's, Ugh. that's the nature of fascism, you know. I mean, that yeah. guy is a real oh, yeah. through and through fascist. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. insidious with him. And here yeah. in New York, they're... I mean, I'm sure if you watch Morning Joe, it's not just New York, but they're, they're, they keep mm -hmm. on touting Eric Adams as this uh, sort of perfect middle ground Democrat and uh, yeah, how, no. yeah, saying how the, the people of New York, they turned their back on the progressives and they went with this moderate. And so that must mean how, uh, you know, progressivism is, is failing. This is, that's the frame yeah. that they keep saying. And yeah. yeah. Well, it's failing because these people are de designing things around it failing. Mm -hmm. And it's the only thing that can really stop what you were just saying, which is that they're so close to it. They feel they're so close to it. Right. Uh, but I think another thing is, you know, it, might, it often seems like we're screaming into the void or right. we're trying to stop like a train or something unstoppable. But at some point, even if it goes so full-tilted fascist the way they clearly want it to, um, people cannot continue in those conditions. I mean, right. even uh, in the worst examples like the Holocaust and everything, it's not like there weren't people who were constantly yep. trying to stop it from happening. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and also we're people who turn the it, well, they, people who, yeah, turn their eyes to it as well. As you know, you've, I'm sure you yeah. know about this, the uh, Jewish refugees that were trying to land, they were on a boat and they were trying to, 
escape Nazi Germany and they went to South America, they went to the United States and, and uh, other countries. I'm not sure of the whole route, but they were denied entry wow. in all country, all these countries oh. and including wow. ours and uh, yeah. ended up back in Nazi Germany and, you know, slaughtered. So, wow. um, yeah. yeah, but that's people. People are like that. Yeah. And in fact, actually, yeah. now that I'm saying this, my a friend of mine, her mother was, uh, she's passed away now, but her mother lived in Norway during World War II. She was a young, young kid. And so Norway mm-hmm. was occupied and invaded and occupied. And um, she, they, she told a story about, like, these are her fellow countrymen. So first the Nazis came to one town and all of the, the people fled. And they try to find yeah. safe safety in the homes of their fellow countrymen. And she said that she she re- remembered how um, how people were reluctant, you know, to open their doors and to help yeah. them. And you know, it just that stuck with me too. And she it, she she mentioned it. Yeah. But that's you know that's people. Yeah. People yeah. don't want to get involved. And they don't. They want to. Yeah. Live, exactly. Mm-hmm. They want to live with their heads in the and sand. Then, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we also we forget how avidly, especially with what the right likes to say about Nazis being socialists, which is just a oh, complete I know. lie. <laughs> yes, um, it, it, they were avidly anti-communist. Oh yeah, and they were they would constantly go around in these towns in the countryside in Germany and uh, try and, and start instigating fights, and then they would propagate it through the news as fights being started by communists and. Uh, yes. that they were the only ones yep. who could stop them. So, well, yeah. that's it. I mean, that's what they did. Mm-hmm. And that's why the what the Republicans, well, what they're doing with Antifa, creating this ubiquitous yeah. threat that of this non, this is, you know, it's not an organization. It's an ideology. Yep. And it doesn't mm-hmm. matter how many times you tell them that or remind them that they continue to go that uh, talk about how antifa is you know it's this this threat right and they're yep. but and that's like the nazis really that's what they did to, mm-hmm. yeah exactly yeah but they're really only a threat to those corporations and the politicians who are aiding and abetting all of them and so i mm-hmm. mean it, the, the second that we take a step back and look at who would the real threat even be about it becomes clear why they're they're using antifa mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. I'm just, I, I don't know, because you reminded me earlier today, I was watching Netflix, and there's a new World War II documentary on Netflix, and you might like it. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. I was watching it, and they, and it just, it reminded me of, uh, the, one of the episodes they were talking about, how there was mm-hmm. a, um, a ship, the Nazis would attack passenger ships that were crossing the ocean and they the mm-hmm. first ship they they sunk a passenger ship off the, an english passenger ship that was on its way to canada uh, you know and other it was considered a war crime and other, of course it was because yeah. they were it was a military yeah. targeting of civilians and um the nazis they and that just basically was a precursor to what was to come to that they were there were no limits with them, just how vile they yeah. were. And, but the, yeah. the thing that really um, 
reminded me of what we're going through is that after, because the international community, this before the United States was in the war, and the international community mm-hmm. condemned this uh, this act. I'm trying to remember the name of the boat, but yeah, um, I think it was the something with an A. Uh, anyway, so mm-hmm. they, um, but so Goebbels went out. And said, and there was an article in the New York Times, and I was reading it um, back in mm-hmm. the 40s, whatever. And Goebbels went out saying that it was fake news, that they didn't, yeah. it wasn't the Nazis. It was actually Churchill had, sh- had sunk his own ship. It was a false flag. This is what they, yeah. they went with. And, you know, doesn't it ring? We tr- don't hear anything like here. that now. Right. No. It's. It's the mm-hmm. same. It's like new day, same <laughs> shit, same tactics. And sadly, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it's good that I guess that documentary is on Netflix. Maybe people will watch it. Yeah. But it's yeah. I mean, we have to learn history's lessons because God damn it. They yeah. are repeating right now. Yeah. Hold on a sec. We're talking with Mark Middlestat from Shaping Progress. Hold on. Be right back. All right, we're back. So we're just keeping it real loose, really loosey goosey yeah. tonight. But I love it. <laughs> You're right. I I saw a meme, by the way, uh, floating around that says, uh, "It says, bro, how are you failing? Uh, how are you? Oh, it said um, history's repeating. It, it said something about it. History's repeating itself. How can you fail an open no test? Because this, this is essentially what this right. is, you know? Right. Uh, yeah." Exactly, and that's what most of these people who think these progressive policies just aren't that important. That's what they're doing. Right, and there, there you go. Because the way that we have to frame the progressive policies that we're talking about, because it's not like, see, this is what what I'm hearing. The Republican frame is this: okay, Republicans Mm -hmm. are nuts. You know, some of them. We some of the the insurrectionists. I just saw some middle of the road Republican talking about this today, and he was like, "Yeah, mm-hmm. they're bad, but that's no excuse for the Democrats to try to enact this radical socialist agenda." This is this is the frame they're going with. That yeah, some of the, they're crazy, but they're the but the Democrats are taking this opportunity to. Uh, to ram through what policies that people no they're not exactly you know no they're not they're exactly. not doing anything socialist right now. the democrats right. aren't doing anything their their base is trying like hell but, oh my yeah. god i know yeah. and but that's what they're going with and nobody pushes back on them of course and even the yeah. democrats themselves they just sit there that's what makes me crazy when you have democrats on yeah. tv and they don't defend. Uh, well, they just don't know how to how to message their own policies because well, actually I, I saw a meme, and it was right, one hundred percent correct. Somebody tweeted actually. It said something like, "The Democrats can't message because you can't be um, you can't be mass you can't have wait you can't serve the one percent and the working class at the same time that's why they're yeah, having a tr- exactly. their trouble messaging and that that's yeah. it that's it i mean they're and they're many of their networks and their organizations won't allow them to because they take so much money from right those big pharma ads and yeah 
Exactly. And they, they're as the other puppets in the uh, puppet show. They, <laughs> they're, they're thriving on the conflict. You know, it's too. amazing. So it's not like they want it to end. Yeah. Right. Right. So, and the thing that's so scary is that they're, they're installing these fascist policies, or you know, well, g- generally, um, especially regarding voting and. And, uh, you know, it's the American people are going to start thinking that that's democracy. You know what I mean? Like, because they're yeah. so yeah. not ill. They're malinformed, the American people, yeah. in my opinion. Some are ill-informed. Yeah. Some are under-informed. And then many of are- them, many of them already do, too. I, I just saw uh, the New York Times just put out an article and it was being covered by The Intercept and a couple other. Um, organizations that has to do with Portland here where I am um, and the FBI was infiltrating all of the Black Lives Matter protests in yes, Portland. Yes, I just I saw, saw that. A, num- a number of people who looked very suspicious at the time and I talked with a lot of other protesters who were like, you know, many of these people seem clearly like uh, plants and that they're just walking around taking pictures and stuff. Um, and uh, yeah, mm-hmm. so many of the people who are responding to that now I see not as much pushback as I should be seeing because uh, the people who think that that's just the price of keeping a democracy and that that should be allowed right. and all of that kind of thing, that's that's how it ends. So, right. Yeah. And you notice this is what I, I saw that article right before I started the show. It's mm-hmm. from uh, from The New York Times. Says the FBI mm-hmm. de- deployed surveillance teams inside the Portland protest. But this is what they do all the time. Yep. They don't yep. infiltrate the Proud Boys, or or maybe do they? Because I don't. Exactly. I never hear about it. I don't see it. We don't see Some articles. Um, dues paying members too, you know. So, right. And why would they? Right. Yeah. They they infiltrate what? Um, they do they do this all the time. They did it to Occupy Wall Street. Remember when? Mm-hmm. Oh well, you were young. Mm-hmm. That was you were a baby. Yeah, I was. Oh my god! That was you're that was right baby. when I first got started in politics. Wow. And when I saw that, I remember watching them walk through Portland and stuff too. And there was a big encampment in the middle of right in front of the Justice Center mm. where we were doing a lot of the protesting, and uh, they they were sitting in that park for weeks. On right. Me, so. Yeah. No. That that was yeah. amazing. I remember I went down there to, to Zuccotti Park, and some people I knew were staying mm. there, and then the cops yeah. started to because you know Bloomberg was mayor at the time, and the cops started to mm-hmm. um, bring homeless people to the camp. You know, like they're trying to fuck up the yep. camp. Like people, not just yep. homeless people. I'm not. not I'm talking about like mentally ill homeless people. Yep. Like they wanted to. They corralled a lot of them over mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like they did it to turn the camp, to turn the people away from the ca- against the camp. Because the thing is, in Zuccotti Park, there was a lot of support for for people there. They People were in, inspired by it. And that's why it mm-hmm. had to be stopped. And uh, in the middle of the night, Bloomberg sent his thugs to break up the park eventually because they they couldn't they couldn't stand the uh, the message that because uh, it was the truth. Yep. You never see yep. like for example after Obama was elected, and people you know you you were too young but people probably remember who were around that uh, the Republicans had a that was really their first 
public meltdown, uh, as I mm-hmm. remember it. They got together. I, I do remember that. Yeah. I was like seven years old when I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they all they they went to Washington. They had a rally and they were upset and they were they were stomping their feet and pooping their diapers. And they didn't. But at the time, they didn't have a con man saying it was rigged. So they were just upset that Obama won. Yep. And they were saying, oh, he's going to destroy everything and whatever. But they were I remember seeing video of it. And there were some of these Republicans were walking around with assault weapons. Of course, this is what they mm-hmm. do. This is Washington freaking D.C. And mm-hmm. nothing happens. But you see, they don't do that. They don't break up right wing rallies. Look at what happened on January yep. 6th, because the right wingers are they are the useless idiots. I call them useless idiots because they suck. But that's they're what only they are. useful for domestic terrorism. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, but. they're the useless idiots yeah. who are the, you know, uh, inside the body politic, destroying it from the inside, really. So, but yep. yeah, so that's why they don't bother I, I them. Think, yeah, I think one of the important things we've got to also start messaging about in terms of how they're really coordinating all of that kind of all of their messaging. Their messaging is based around two things. One is fear mm-hmm. and one is messianic imagery. Mm. So you should be afraid oh, God, and yes. we can save you from it, yes. even though they're the thing that we should be afraid of. Right. right. So uh, so we, we as soon as we point it out, it's like obvious what, you know, racism, sexism, you should be afraid of. Uh, people of other uh, nationalities, mm-hmm. xenophobia, yep. um, and religious bigotry, all of that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, that's all the fear. And then all the messianic imagery is America is the best, and <laughs> we have freedom, and oh, why do we need right. socialism? Because everything's already going great. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think as soon as we can start tying all of these images with those key concepts – those people walking around with assault rifles, the mm. Proud Boys, the insurrections. I mean, it's obvious um, that they're the ones we should be afraid of. Then people will start turning on them a little bit. Mm. But the big thing that's standing in the way is ego, I think. You know, I mean, right. that's the, true. And the great thing about socialism and liberalism and progressivism is it removes ego. You see mm. other people as yourself right. and you want to help people who are mm. homeless and mm. of other colors. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Wow, Mark. I, you know, you're amazing. I just love listening to you, and I could like could listen to you for hours and do on shaping progress. So okay. if you're not um, yes. a subscriber, please subscribe right now. Uh, the links in the description. I mean, Mark, you're an incredible. You. You're the person that gives me hope the most, because you're young, and you're so informed, and that's that's really the the key you know the intellectual curiosity i can't even i just hope i live long enough to see all the great things you do because you're incredible well you will be a part of them if i ever do great things oh yes that's true i'm not going anywhere anytime soon yeah all right hold on mark stay there right there because we're coming to the end of the progressive voices part of the show so just gonna say it you know Keep coming back. It works if you work it, so work it. You're worth it. This is Unapologetic Liberal Talk on the right side of history, decency, dignity, democracy, and humanity. We stick together. We win. And we will win. 
My name is Tara Devlin. That's Mark Middlestat, our millennial correspondent. I'll see you soon. Hold on. Maybe I stopped it too soon. <laughs> I'm dancing All right. All right. I should have. I got to time that better. You know, I don't know. No. Either I get cut I off like or it. it ends too soon. But before I keep going, I just want to say thank you, Jim, for your super chat. And thank you, Errol Thomas. Errol says, happy holidays, Tara. Any reason why Republic clowns and their supporters aren't taking the COVID-19 problem very seriously? Well, because they're dumb. Um, another great show, Tara. Thank you, Richard, for your super chat. And thank you, JD, for your super chat. JD says, hi, Tara and Chatters. Thank you guys for hanging out. You're lucky, JD. I, it, it breaks my heart. You know, my, my, uh, I have a picture of my grandfather over there. I should show it to you. Wearing oh. an English Army uniform. You know, he, he actually was in the English Army and apparently um, was part of the militia that arrested Gandhi. So... <laughs> Wow. That's my granddad. I never met That's him, awesome. but anyway. I feel I have uh, an affinity for the UK. All right. We're back. And I see Haiku in the chat. Welcome, Haiku. Happy holidays. And we're talking about fascism. And what are we going to do? How do we... What do we do? You know? what? How do we... I mean, here's the thing. I think we're doing what we can do. This is important. Your show, my show, getting the word out. This is how mm-hmm. we will change hearts and minds. And it's mm-hmm. it's not just changing them. It's kind of, I think we, we are trying to, you know, uh, reclaim the, the story of America you know, as the yeah. progressive, uh, radical progressive experiment that it is and how... It has to be cultivated and protected from these fascist bastards. Is that so hard? Yeah. I don't know. I guess it is. Because greed. It's always greed. Yeah. And that's that's really why, I guess, Ben Franklin, whether he said it or not, a republic, if we can keep it, it's the human factor mm-hmm. that we have to overcome, our, our weaknesses, mm-hmm. you know? Like you're saying, the fear. Yeah the selfishness Mm -hmm. the and that's really that's fear too right the ego is fear too but yes exactly i mean look at trump there is no one Mm -hmm. who is more cowardly than him or an epitome of an ego right mm, yeah (laughs) he is yeah Mm -hmm. but he's not he's not happy he's not i always i find him he's a vile you know, waste of human DNA. Yeah. And he deserves to be a miserable fuck. But, you know, it's a shame that we, that not we, but they elevate somebody so vile. How do you do that? Mm-hmm. You know, he's not even, he's nobody to, you don't even, like, he's not even a good person. How can you yeah. have a great country when you, you can't even be good? You know, he's, Oh, and then I'm sure you saw he took credit again for the vaccine. And yeah, this is another 
insidious this is what he does and joe biden um congratulated him for you know touting the booster that's great but the fact that he's able to say these things that he created he made three very great vaccines in record time it's they said it would take 20 years, uh, you know, depending on who he's talking to. It's either 20 years, first it was yeah. five years, 10 years, 20 years, now it's, it's going to take 100 years. He's just a bullshitter. And, mm-hmm. the, and of course, he didn't have any part in personally no, developing those vaccines. He, didn't do he shit. did nothing to you. He slowed it down as much. Exactly. Exactly. In fact, I mean, why isn't he? Look at Bolsonaro. Bolsonaro, this, the, it was, what, his, um, is it the Senate in uh, Brazil? They uh, charged him with crimes against humanity. And Mm -hmm. because of his response to COVID. What, but it's the same response that, that Trump gave (laughs) of denial, lies, deflection, um, knowing. It's just that here it's accepted. Right. Knowing that it's uh, how deadly it was and is and saying that privately, but publicly telling people that it was nothing. It's the flu. And that's that's who they want to fucking vote for. And you I don't know. You probably saw uh, Tommy Lauren, not Tommy Lauren, um, Candace Owens. They're all the same. They, yeah, yeah, she, she was, you know, they had a conversation about the vaccine. This is where he took mm-hmm. credit for it. And, um, then she was like, well, yeah, but, but tyranny, right? But tyranny, right? Right. Oh no. And he, he, he mentioned that, um, that, you know, it doesn't, that it's good. Like get the vaccine. Good. Wonderful. He said something that wasn't completely repugnant for once. And everybody's like, and it- Patting him on the back, you know, yeah. and in but, the in between, know, he, but in between, he's yeah. he's seeding the ground with his lies about this vaccine. Yeah. Anyway, what the only saying? reason he wants anyone to get vaccinated is so all of his supporters don't die. That's but it. Ironically, it's 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 turning so much of his yes. base against him. I was yes. seeing all these parlor screenshots. Oh, really? Just, they hate Trump now. Oh, yeah. that's good. Oh. That's amazing. Losing those really extreme people. Yeah, it's excellent. <laughs> like, and what is this? This is what happens with fascist messaging. It just starts getting so contradictory and conflicting that people just start dying no matter what. Right. I, I guess that's it, you know? I mean, fascism always equals death. That might be a good sticker. Yeah. Like, silence equals death. Yeah. Uh, yeah, fascism equals death. Yeah. I think I have to write that like down. That. Let me see. I might make that into a shirt. Let me see. I have to I, write I this down. I want one. Yeah, I'm going to make this. I will. You will see it on my person. I just have to write it down. Wait, fascism. See, if I don't write it down, I'm going to forget it. Fascism. Me too. Equals death. Shirt or design. Okay. Yeah. Why not? Right. Maybe I'll make that oh, yeah. a, a nice premium if you become a pa- patron or something. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what are you going to do? Anyway, so, yeah. I mean, we have a, our work cut out for us. And then, you know, like you're saying mm-hmm. with um, Eric Adams, and that is now what's passing for a Democrat again. You know, this middle yeah. of the road, you know, and 
I guess, uh, somebody who who thinks the what did he say that if you didn't if you never wore a bulletproof vest you have no right to yeah. an opinion yeah you have to wear a bulletproof vest for 32 years right now. oh and so then you can say something to him about this subject well it's so you know there's numerous studies about solitary confinement it doesn't do anything and mm-hmm. and except mm-hmm. it harms people if so the problem is and drives them to suicide yes and the yeah exactly the problem is that we're we we have to live with people who who are incarcerated right they they come out eventually most of them not mm-hmm. they're not going to they're not all lifers so they are mm-hmm. still our our fellow americans and part of the community so wouldn't you want to make people um you know, rehab people instead of yeah. turn them into basket cases, right? You you would think so, but then there would be no fear for them to play off of. Right. You know what I'm saying? This is what drives their whole system. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, that's right. And it's shocking, yeah. really, how we keep. Mm-hmm. But it, in spite of the, in spite of everything, you know, we keep doing it, making these mistakes. Like that, that's just cruelty with this yeah. Eric Adams. You don't wear a bulletproof vest. You don't have anything to say. I'm sorry. No, that's bullshit. Yeah. We not, I don't need to wear a bulletproof vest to know that I don't want to live in a community where people who are yeah. damaged by the state, you know, because we have to live with them. Yeah. And who knows? The complete opposite of democracy. Right. You know? Oh, it's so heartbreaking. Yeah. And it, and when you if you watch that uh, Michael Moore movie Where to Invade Next yes. that yes. is heartbreaking and they go to I think it's Norway yeah. one of these Scandinavian countries and they they go to a prison and mm-hmm. it's 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 like a little town and <laughs> where people are they're given yeah. you know I guess it's all levels of whatever their crimes are I'm sure you're not going to put Ted mm-hmm. Bundy Ted Bundy out there or something you know see I'm yeah, all, they- yeah. They went to the they, they went to the prison where those the Ted Bundy types were too and oh. that was the one where they all had Xboxes and the keys to their own cells. Oh so. wow. I got to watch that movie again. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. See? And they, I, I mean, watch it like every year. Oh wow. Because it's yeah, I got to watch it. It's been since it came out I haven't watched it, but it's still relevant sadly. It's not like we've caught up with the rest of the world yeah. with anything. It's so, it's, yeah. isn't it heartbreaking? There was so much potential here. That's why. Yeah. And the Republicans and conservatives in general, it's, uh, you know, it makes me very sad to, to let, watch them squander it again for, for nothing, mm-hmm. for, for the same old shit, for greed, selfishness. Yeah. You know, the, the yeah, general, but it, 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 mm-hmm. sorry, go ahead. You got it. It's it. not like, no, no, sorry. It's not like the um, the squandering and the greed comes with you know all in the in the shadows and in the back rooms. Mm, right. It's, we're watching it play out in Dallas, right. where these people are drinking cyanide punch, you know, right. or a chlorine cyanide. Yeah, yeah, ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I mean, right. It's Jonestown 2.0 down there. So I know. It's insane. It, it's it's going to get more yeah. and more violent. Mm-hmm. Which one are you? Which one? What are you talking about? <clears throat> In uh, in, in, yeah, in Dallas, where there are those 
the JFK Jr. Yes, people right. or or uh, or RFK. Right. Uh, yeah, both. Um, no, JFK and RFK. I thought it was yeah, both. Yeah, that's right. Right. That's right. They're both supposed to be resurrected. Yeah. <laughs> um, they are distributing. A, well, they're all drinking from a communal punch bowl that wow. has what? different drugs laced into it um, in an effort to combat COVID, which, like, this is how contradictory it gets. I mean, they, at first you would think that they wouldn't believe in COVID, but now they believe in COVID, but they don't believe in the vaccine, but they believe in some ridiculous it's it's got chlorine in it it's got a whole bunch of things in it what? Uh, just wow. drinking that they're and, drinking and out of a communal chlorine cup i'm looking at yep. this oh my god this is from the daily beast yeah. the dallas Q- mm-hmm. QAnon cult is now drinking a terrifying cocktail that's the yeah. headline QAnon acolytes in dallas are drinking a toxic chemical from the commu- from a communal punch bowl According to a family, mm-hmm. to the, a family of a woman who joined the cult, numerous yep, members. She left her entire family, all of her children, and just started devolving into all the Q conspiracies. And uh, if if any of the viewers are on Reddit, there are a couple great subreddit communities of um, people who are detailing all of these family members just falling down the rabbit Holy hole. And shit. What? Like, I got to get into this them, Reddit community. That sounds yeah, great. Some of them, I, I was reading a story the other night about a woman and her husband is, and now I think he's trying to file for divorce, but um, he didn't really know what to do. She just kept going more into the conspiracy theories. And eventually she started uh, looking at all of the passing license plates as she was driving and then she would go stand on street oh. corners and look at these license plates and think it was a message from Q and eventually she was like sitting on an overpass or something and watching all of these license plates looking for messages I mean it's it's ridiculous this is um, really? egomania right yeah, this is when yeah. people just go so far into not wanting to accept the things that they right. really need for their health it's to accept true, that yeah. they just devolve into psychosis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's it, it's a reaction to a feeling of powerlessness and um yeah. Yeah, and out and feeling out of control. And that's yeah. you know, these people are giving them clarity and a community and some p- sense yeah. of purpose in this country where, you know, you can't save four hundred dollars. You know what I mean? Yeah. For the most, and, well, and this is why you know that what we're doing is the right thing to do because we're not mm. telling you, oh, you're actually really secretly powerful, right. and uh, you have the ability to change all of this by yourself. We're saying we all have to work together, and we're all powerless, and that's mm. that's what we need to get out of. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so yeah. much, Mark, for calling in, and uh, just yeah, want to yeah. up so much. Time. No, hey, you're not taking thank up time. I just. Uh, you could stay the whole time if you want, but I just thought, you know, you probably sure. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm going bored. to see the Nutcracker here. Soon, so. You are what? No, no. Yeah, you going yeah. to see the Nutcracker? No, what? I've never bored watching the show, Tara. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I am going to see it. <laughs> All right, my friend. All right, honey. I'll talk All to you right. later. Have a good night. Have All a right. Great show. Yes. Thank you so much. Well, yeah, we're almost over. Bye. <laughs> bye. Okay. Sorry. Bye. <laughs> Don't worry, Mark. You're amazing. 
and everybody right now go into the chat or into the description of the show and you'll see the shaping progress link and make sure you sign up and the website is jointshapingprogress.org wait let me make sure that's .org yes jointshapingprogress.org and right there you'll get all the links for for Mark's show and his organization which will help you know, participate in the um, the rescue of this country from fascism. All right. Oh my God. What? I'm looking at the super chat. What, Jeffrey? Thank you so much, Jeffrey, for your super chat. Your very generous super chat. Wow. Merry Christmas to you. Pookie's Mama Irene, thank you so much for your super chat. Merry Christmas, Tara and Busters. And Stephen Lee, thank you for your super chat. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Mm, that breaks my heart. Thinking of FDR. <laughs> and thank you, Haiku, for your super chat. Chat Storm. And thank you, Terry Taylor. Happy holidays, Tara. Happy holidays right back at you, my friend. And everybody at home, if you're watching at home or listening, we stick together, we win. And uh, you're not alone. We're in this together. You can join, actually join us on Discord as well. You can always contact me there if you feel like reaching out. Or um, if, you're a, um, if you're a patron, you can contact me there. Yeah. All right, this one thing. Where is this other thing I wanted to talk about? Because I'm trying to find it. I I seem to be... Before the show, I've, I swear to God, I'm like, this night I will be organized. And I try. And I have all my articles that I want to read. But then I can't find them. And the cat's yelling at me. You hear him? You see? You see this cat? This is Tara Jr. Jr. Honey, honey, everybody's looking. Look. <laughs> He's so good. He's such a good boy. I love this cat. All right, so this is from Salon. Contrary to popular belief, Twitter's algorithm amp amplifies conservatives, not liberals. What a surprise. Okay, here's another example. Republicans, conservatives in general, they constantly cry. Remember how many years? The liberal media, liberal media, it's bias, liberal bias. Truth has a liberal bias, we know that. So when news organizations are reporting the truth, the Republicans get very upset about it. But we know for years, especially since they kicked the con man off of, off their platform, the Republicans have been saying how they, um, they, they're targeted. Everybody's out to get them. I'm so over that, right? They're such victims constantly. Well, it goes into what Mark was saying about fear. It's true. They have to give the sense of uh, they're under attack. Any, any cult does this. Just look, look at all cults here. I got to put the cat over here. He's not... He's not, I don't know, he's not being nice. <laughs> he's fucking being abusive. See, look, he wants me to pet him. Come on. 
Caleb. Let go. Here, take this. Play with this. Play with that. See, you don't understand all day. And at night, Tara Jr. Jr. lays next to me at night. I, have, I, I sit there all night like this, petting him. Just pet, pet, pet. So, he's an addict. The apple doesn't fall far from the tree. So contrary to popular belief, Twitter's algorithm amplifies conservatives. <laughs> what else is new? Really, you know why? Republicans, conservatives in general, they are masterful at uh, professional victimitis, of course. And they, it's almost like they're training the media um, how, to, how they want to be reported. Like, don't tell the truth, see? Because that's bias. That's liberal bias. Don't um, look. Oh, they're targeting us. They're suppressing us. They're out to get us. And what does, what does Twitter do in reaction it ups the algorithm, so we we see these these effing fascist tweets popping up in our timeline, and it happens to me. I don't know about you. I don't know why every time I go on Twitter, I see on the top, and I'm not following these people. No, I'm following them, but I'm not like um, that. You can follow them, follow, follow them. You know what I'm saying? And um, they. Uh, immediately when I go on Twitter, right at the top, look, I'm showing you right now. I see Megan McCain. Why? Megan McCain, right at the top. Like, I didn't ask for her. I'm not, wait, am I following her? Let's see. Because you can take her from out of a list and unfollow or, you know, make it that you're not automatically alerted every time she tweets. I don't know why. Because I do get it, even on my phone, I'll get an, it'll pop up. Megan McCain just tweeted. Did I ask? Who cares? Why don't you tell me that Megan McCain just passed gas? This is the same thing. Oh my God. And she's, this is why we're dumb as F. I didn't even, I didn't read this article, but Megan McCain is writing for the Daily Mail. She's a writer now. You know, this ill-informed, malinformed, nepotism poster child, trust fund brat, is now writing for the Daily Mail. And she's writing political commentary. This one is Kamala Harris is blaming racism and sexism for her failures as vice president, but her race and gender helped her get invited to the party in the first place, and she can't have it both ways. That's her article, Megan McCain. Excuse me, um, doesn't it sound sort of like she's like, Kamala Harris is thinking she's going to go to my party, or she's, we're going to all um, choose to uh, ignore her or whatever, just being a bunch of bitches in high school or whatever. She can't have it both ways. She thinks it's her race and gender helped her get invited to the party in the first place. Wow. So this is the scintillating commentary from Megan McCain. I woke up to yet another think piece about the frustrations of Kamala Harris in the White House. This is an interesting piece, worth your time. 
The report also explains why she's not the heir apparent to the nomination. I'm just perusing. If I were Vice President Harris and was currently holding historically low approval ratings as of December 22nd, polls showed her at 47% and had just come off a string of bad press appearances, I would be doing some serious, aggressive, and intense soul-searching. Well, why can't we all be like you, Megan? This is political commentary. If I had a very poll, uh, very bad poll ratings, I would do some uh, serious, aggressive, and intensive soul searching. Well, that's that's pretty um, sharp. That's astute. That's a scintillating commentary. That's what passes for scintillating commentary in right-wing circles. You're just regurgitating nothing and just being a dick. Yeah, why don't she be nice? If I was uh, so low, you are. You're, you are. Histori- you want to talk about historical low approval ratings? I mean, we know what happened at The View. Couldn't stand the heat because that's the thing. She left The View. She, she as a professional victim, she was being picked on by people who were telling the truth. And she couldn't handle it. And, you know, truth has a liberal bias. Conservatives can't handle it. Am I wrong? No. No, Tara. You were wrong once in 1972. Since then? Unfortunately... I'm not wrong. I, I do. I feel that way sometimes, like like Mark was saying about how we kind of see the future. We do. You, know, you don't have to be a Miss Cleo to see the future. That's what gets me alarmed. And also sometimes I get hope, but yeah, um, you don't have to be Miss Cleo. You just have to see, just look at the actions you're taking today. Yeah, that's how you know what the future is going to be. For example, right, if you're a smoker, I hope you're not, because we want all of our progressives healthy and fit to fight <laughs> the fascists. So, but if you're smoke, you know, if you're a smoker, you, every, every drag or whatever, there's cause and effect, right? The, this is the cause, you smoke, and then the effect. It may not manifest, it may not manifest for years, but in everything is cause and effect so um why did i bring that up anyway but i see oh yeah because i see the the future for uh example when you have republicans putting putting together their their coup their um they're streamlining the coup they know what went wrong in the first part of the coup and now they're fixing those problems. They're installing um, anti-American loyalists to, you know, they're fascists. Fascist lying pricks. They're installing them in, our, in, in key roles to setting up, setting up a stolen election. Of course, the fact that Trump for the past, however, you know, since he lost... He's been proclaiming um, how everything's rigged and stolen. And when 
they actually rig and steal it. And the Democrats start saying, hey, they rigged and stole this. It's, it's like, oh, both sides are at it again. It's not both sides. We're beyond that. Both sides? No, honey. One side is um, a, a bunch of fascists uh, who hate America. And the other side is trying to not have uh, fascism fully break out. Right? All right, just back to the Twitter thing about the algorithm. Big tech, (laughs) here we go. A few weeks before the 2020 election, Democrats and Republicans in Congress displayed a rare moment of bipartisan unity. The issue was whether big tech companies like Facebook and Twitter need to be broken up. And the House Judiciary Committee was holding a hearing. While many of the witnesses approached the subject by discussing antitrust law and similar regulatory questions, Jim Jordan of Ohio made it clear that he had a very different axe to grind. And I'm reading from Salon from an article by Matthew Roska. I'm not sure how you pronounce it. Roska? Yeah. Big, here's Jim Jordan. Big tech is out to get conservatives. That's his quote. That's not a suspicion. That's not a hunch. It's a fact. Well, when was the last time Jim Jordan and facts were acquainted? Hasn't been a while. It's a fact, he says. Um, I, I said that two months ago at our last me- hearing, and it's every bit as true today. Yet according to a new study, Jordan's so-called fact seems to be quite far removed from the truth. What else is new? Conservative media voices, not liberal ones, are the most amplified by the algorithm users are forced to work with, at least when it comes to one major social media platform. Published in the journal Proceeding of the National Academy of Sciences, otherwise known as the PNAS, the authors of the Algorithmic Amplification of Politics on Twitter, this is the title of the study, reveal that they conducted a massive-scale experiment involving millions of Twitter users, a fine-grained analysis of political parties in seven countries, and 6.2 million news articles shared in the United States, along with researchers from the University of Cambridge, the College of London, the University of California uh, at Berkeley. The study was co-authored. Oh, God damn it. Okay, damn thing just moved. So to make a long story short, that this is a, a legit study. It's not that they randomly picked up the phone and called 990 people, like some studies. They actually put together some pretty impressive academics. So the findings are presented in two sections. One part, which focuses on the United States, examined whether major media outlets are more likely to be amplified by Twitter's algorithm if they had a political leaning of some kind. Uh, The other area of study looked at tweets from seven different countries, but posted on those, uh, but focus on those posted by elected politicians. Okay. Although political observers worry about extremists disproportionately benefit from social media platform algorithms, the researchers did not find evidence of that, but um, they, they did note a revealing pattern. So they said they didn't amplify extremist views, but 
when it came to different types of media, content fared differently on the site. Our results revealed a consistent thread. In six of 10 countries, the mainstream political right enjoys a higher algorithmic, excuse me, algorithmic amplification. You say that, okay? Than the mainstream political left. What a surprise. The authors explain the consistent with the overall trend, our second set of findings of studying uh, US media landscape revealed that algorithm amplifications favor right-leaning news sources. Why? Why? Because you know why? This is my opinion. I don't know. I'm speculating. They are so afraid of being called um, liberal, biased. They're biased and picking on us, right? They're picking on the poor fascists. They're so put upon. No matter what, no matter, that's always the argument for fascists. They're always so picked on. So this is not the first report to indicate that right-wingers have an unfair advantage on social media with two giants being Facebook and Twitter. A senior engineer at Facebook was reportedly fired in 2020 after he collected internal evidence that right-wing pages were given preferential treatment. Of course they were. They, you guys know that Twitter effectively <laughs> murdered the RepublicanDirtyTricks.com website and Facebook page. Well, we had, they pulled the plug one day uh, after over 150,000 followers and 11 years building up that following, they just depublished the page. And then when we, we appealed, they you know, there's nothing you do. They, they stood by it because they don't want to give the right-wingers an impression they're being picked on. So they could point to Republican dirty tricks. They, they didn't like the name. That's what I think. So they targeted us. Oh, God. <clears throat> One employee told BuzzFeed News that the company's management had become afraid of conservatives because of Donald Trump, who was the effing so-called president at the time. After Trump was fact-checked by Twitter for trying to use the platform to spread misinformation about the upcoming election, he threatened to use government power to punish social media companies that he perceived as hostile. And that's why, you know, these bullies do it, because it affects people's behavior. People are people. So when you got a big, giant, orange, con man, bully, lion, fascist freak up your ass attacking you, think, eh, you know, you want to appease that, that orange beast. It's unclear exactly how pressure from Trump and conservatives may have led to the pro-conservative alterations in the algorithm. Despite criticisms for their lack of transparency, social media companies do not publicly reveal details of their algorithms. Well, that's why. Meanwhile, there are other signs that social media giants give preferential treatment to conservatives. There were multiple reports in 2020 of Facebook employees protesting what they have described as unfair standards that favor Trump and conservatives. And it goes on and on. Guys, this is Tara Devlin. 
unapologetic liberal talk, become a patron if you can. You know, $2 a month, something. I don't know. Patreon.com slash Tara Devlin, and we will win. We are on the right side of history. We're on the right side of decency, dignity, and democracy. And we will win. And they know that. My name is Tara Devil. Happy holidays. Happy Saturnalia. Io Saturnalia. We stick together. We win. My name is Tara Devlin. Io Saturnalia. See you soon. Io Saturnalia. I wish I would. I mean, maybe I did live back then. Who knows? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Uh oh. I'm being abused by my cat again. <laughs> oh my god. Stop yelling at me. Doo -doo -doo -doo. I'm trying to find the e cam. Oh, here we go. Okay. Well, thank. Well, Mark, I have to thank Mark for calling in and not completely embarrassing me. I mean, by calling in and making it, you know, making it yet another time I opened the phones and nobody called. Well, it's okay. We'll we'll get there. All right, listen to him. I just want to check on you guys before I go. Spend some time in the chat room. And say again, thank you again, Jim and Errol and Richard and JD. And thank you, Jeffrey and your handler, Joey <laughs> and Pookie's mama, Irene. And I guess, guess what? Joey, I, uh, Joey, are you going to the Horn Inn over the summer? I hope so. I got to get that address. <clears throat> I think it's GoFundBob, actually. Go fund Bob. Let me see. This was before. Stop yelling at me, please. Oh, no, it's not. It looks like it's changed. I gotta find out. Go fund Bob. That was before Robin went through her confirmation or came out. Came out of the closet. So it's still go fund bob but i think it might have changed anyway i'll find out but over the summer robin is hosting a a horn gathering and it's also going to be like a terror buster gathering too i guess and hopefully hopefully everybody gets vaccinated and tested and we'll be good all right um, let me see. What's everybody doing for Saturnalia on Saturday? Oh my god. You hear this? Who's here? Paradu. Nice to see you, Eve. And Mark. Oh, I see. Mark. Mark M. from Shaping Progress. Pookie's mama, Irene, and Stephen Lee. Thank you so much for being here and hanging out. And thank you, Jim. Of course, for all of everything, just for hanging out. And thank you, Winston and Richard W. I would settle for Republicans never getting power again, even if Dems can't pass gas. That's true. At least, right? If the Republicans aren't in power, they're 
well, they're still doing damage, but could you imagine? We'd already, it's heartbreaking to know that we're on the list of backsliding democracies, but we'd already be a done deal in that department if if Twitler was successful in stealing the election. And that's what he was doing. And Jim Jordan, all of these, well, we already know. I One of the Democrats on the committee, on the January 6th committee, was on the corporate media saying that, and they asked him um, something about were the rioters, were the traitors in contact with members of Congress and the and the 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 person from the committee said yes so it's all going to come out and they're traitors jim jordan is a traitor and a coward we know that he's a self-serving self-seeking coward that's what republicans are they're not in government for altruism they're not there to serve their community they're there to serve themselves I wish I was wrong there. Um, all right. There's so many other things we can talk about, but I got to go lay down. I'm feeling a little whatever. You know, my stomach's a little queasy. But I, I want to say thanks again for everything this year. We'll have another show, of course, on I don't know what day. Maybe Monday. Who knows? Monday's my birthday, you bastards. That sounds like... That's something that uh, um, Randy Rhodes, right? She calls everybody bastards. <laughs> All right, guys, guys, guys. Errol says, in two weeks, it's going to be the first anniversary of the January 6th insurrection. And where's Merrick Garland? I don't know. All right, no wonder. That's another thing that pisses me off. Just thinking of Merrick Garland. Um, and how annoying he is, where he feel it feels like there's no sense of urgency in his actions. And of course, it's incredibly frustrating, but it's also another example of Obama. That's who Obama would have put on the Supreme Court. He was doing it to appease Republicans. And because Lindsey Graham himself said uh, that if Obama present or nominated somebody that they could all get around like Merrick Garland. That's exactly what Lindsey Graham said. And then, then of course they, they uh, pulled their dirty tricks to steal the Supreme court. And, um, on the corporate media, the Republicans, when they're talking about the conversations going on about fixing the Supreme court, unpacking it, making it function again as a democratic, small d democratic institution, part of that institution. It's um, what has to happen to, to fix the country. It's not packing the court. What the Republicans did, that's packing the court. But on corporate media, they let them get away with it. They just let them say, spread their talking points, their bullshit propaganda. And as we were saying in the beginning of the show, it's scary and concerning how similar it is to the very tactics employed by fascists in the past, particularly Nazi Germany. 
If it quacks like a duck and goose steps like a duck, <laughs> like a goose, it's a goose, you little goose. All right, my friends, have a wonderful Saturnalia. Errol Thomas says, after this show, I'm going to watch Gremlins. That sounds fun. And nice to see you, Thomas, on the chat. Yes, courts are slow, Thomas said. That's the truth. All right, guys. I know it's hard for me to hang up. No, you hang up. You first. No, you first. All right, I just want to say happy Saturnalia, happy Christmas, happy everything. I will see you before the new year, and we will win. That's all I got to say. I won't see you Saturday, but... I'm being abused constantly. But I won't see you Saturday, guys. But I will see you very soon. Happy Saturnalia. Ayo, Saturnalia.